Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, online since 2004. I'm also a weekly automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. Today, we're at the opening day of the LA Auto Show. Today is the technology day, and it is called Automobility LA. And today, we have two diverse guests. We have Florian Bauer, Director of Product Management for Byton. Byton is the new electric vehicle that most people are talking about as a competitor to Tesla. It's here with two prototypes. And after the debut of the car today, we found out that the car will debut um, in production at the end of 2019 in China. And six months later, uh, its home base in California is uh, Santa Clara, and the car should be available in the summer of 2020 for the U.S. buying public. Our second guest is Jeremy Levi. Jeremy is a sales consultant for Airstream, and Airstream today uh, debuted its new fully connected Airstream, beautiful looking, much like the old Silver Bullet Airstreams, but obviously more modernized than that. So welcome to episode 61 of the Weekly Driver Podcast. We're at the LA Auto Show. Hope you enjoy the broadcast. This first interview we've done so far, and I'm with Jeremy Levi, who was a sales consultant with Airstream, and you can't help but walk into this and see this beautiful new Airstream. Jeremy, welcome to our program. Thanks for having me. What's going on with this beautiful Airstream? Well, this is our most connected Airstream ever. Uh, It's got connected, it's 4G capable and also produces a Wi-Fi hotspot. Yes. So it's, you can also, all the major systems are controlled from an app. So you can control the coach anywhere in the world, turn on the heat, turn the lights on, pull the awning in or out, depending on if it's raining or not. Now, is this in, not being um, too confrontational, but is this in demand these days for people who don't want to get away from their, their busy worlds, but they want the busy world at the same time? How does that, did I ask it the right way? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah I mean, it's, it's definitely something that people are becoming more and more needed from because they're so connected nowadays. I mean, realistically, we can't get away from just our basic, you know, entertainment to sit down and watch TV at night, you know, we're on Netflix or Hulu or something like that. Absolutely. You know, uh, so you need some kind of connectivity to do any of that. Plus, I mean, just a simple, like, hey, where's my kids or, you know, getting, touching base with some stuff at work. Yes. I mean, the biggest thing that our clientele has found out or is is telling us that they will still need some connection to the world, even when they're trying to get away. Gotcha. (laughs) So So when is it, is this ready for the public now or what's... Where is it available if it is? Uh, this one's actually at our dealership over in San Gabriel. This is one I pulled in from uh, from over there. Uh-huh. So this is actually a unit available for sale as soon as it's done for the show. All right. So let's talk uh, money. What kind okay. of a price point are these? Um, they start off at about $150. Yes. Uh, and they offer for the classic. I mean, we have some other streams that aren't quite as connected. Yes. <laughs> uh, they start off at 50000 Okay, now what what does it take to tow this? Uh, this one you can actually tow with a half ton or an F-150. Okay, gotcha. And this to me, and I'm not an ex- Airstream expert on any level, but this has the retro look, if you will, as a new Airstream. Do all Airstreams look this way, or do they have other looks? Because the, the aluminum is the, the classic old way, isn't it? This isn't the only look that we have, yes. but it is the, prim, the majority of the look that we have. Gotcha. Um, you know, Airstream is how we designed them since 1930, uh, since 1936. Yes. Uh, they, so they really haven't, haven't changed the basic construction of them since then. Gotcha. They made a few modifications, obviously added a lot more tech inside. You but, bet. You know, more creature comforts, but... 
still the same basic basically way it works back in 1936. Gotcha. And, and so uh, I looked inside and it's beautiful and it has what appears to me to be a pretty full-size bathroom and shower. That was surprising that it was so big. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we, well, you know, you don't want to go into an airplane bathroom when you're camping. No, you don't. <laughs> I love that line. Good, good for you. And, and what other things should I be aware of in technology? What, what does this have? I mean, connected is great, but what... Um, uh, heating and air conditioning and other things and sleeping capacity. Tell me something about those those areas. This one has two. This particular coach is designed to sleep up to two to four people. Yes. Um, as far as heating and air conditioning, we have two air conditioning units on the roof. We also have a, a full hydronic heating system, so we have a radiant heat throughout the whole coach. Yes. So you know, like the older furnaces that you used to use, they have a tendency to dry the air out. Yes. This is a nice yes. moist heat and also keeps the coach fully evenly or heats and cools the coach evenly because of the ductwork and everything on the roof as yes. well as the hydronic heating. Okay. So. And I guess lastly, since you mentioned the, the history of the company, which is fantastic, um, what is the, the idea behind the aluminum? Well, I mean, you don't know, you don't build a plane out of wood or fiberglass. Right, right. So, so it's such a great look. Same way we do it here. Yeah. And it's... it's um, Aluminum composite? What? 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 It, it's. it's um, I don't remember. Sorry for. That's all right. I mean, I don't remember exact the exact grade of aluminum, but we do use aluminum skinning as well as aluminum framework. Yes. Same way they build an airplane. So 747, same technology yes. with the closed form rivets on the outside, where it's a use of the buck bar. Yes. And a rivet gun. How we do every single airstream is what they do with 747. It's great. I mean, it's a layperson's term, but I think it's okay because our question because. Um, it's such an iconic look, yeah. and, and I wouldn't. I'm not an engineer on any level, but when I see it, you know when you see an airstream is what I'm saying. Right. right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's 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 definitely been an iconic feature since the 1930s. Um, and, you know, the basic reason why we haven't changed it is because it works. You know, exactly. Wally Byam back in the day when he was still around with the company, the founder of Airstream. Yes. Yes. Uh, he put a mandate out that you know you don't make changes, you make improvements. So. Airstream may not be the first to step into any particular arena. Yes. But when we step there, we know it's going to last a lifetime because, quite honestly, there's coaches from the 1940s, 50s, and 60s still on the road today. I see them. When I see them, it, it, it turns your head. You're like, oh, I, I'd like to go talk to that person or see the inside of it, what they've done, and the restoration and all those things are fantastic. So Exactly. And, and lastly, uh, just to give, it's obviously, this is not visual podcast, but the length and the width and, and its weight, if you know some, some of that. So this particular unit, you're looking at uh, 30 feet long. Uh, yes. Technical length is 31, 31 from center from end to end, uh, uh -huh. eight and a half feet wide, and you're looking at about 8,800 pounds uh, dry. Gotcha. Fantastic. Well, thank you, sir, for the time. Thank you, uh, Jeremy Levi. Yep. And uh, he's Great. with Airstream, and it's the first day again of LA Automobility, uh, and. You're going to be here for the public show as well, inside or? Yes, we will be no? here for the LA Auto Show. Uh, the uh, opening on the no November 30th through December 9th. Yep. You're going to be talking to a lot of people. <laughs> yes, we will. Thank, Thank you very you. much for your time. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. I am with Florian, uh, Director of Product Development from Byton, and we're here at uh, Automobility LA, first day, and 
there has been no nothing more that's been more paid attention to than the Biton that's here as the concept car. Welcome to our program. Can you give me a general overview of the Biton? Yeah. I mean, first of all, thank you for your interest. Sure, of course. Uh, it's we're, good. we're excited to be here for the first time introducing our two concept cars, yes. M-Byte and K-Byte. M-Byte yes. is an SUV in the size of a BMW X3, Audi Q5. K-Byte is a sedan concept based on the same architecture, same yes. platform. And our M-Byte will uh, be launched in uh, the US by mid-2020 and will bring it into production end of next year already. And uh, we're excited to uh, promote our brand here and uh, see the great response to our cars. Uh, several things jumped out at me. Of course, when I heard your colleague giving the presentation earlier, it, it blew me away that the starting point would be $45,000 US. And I yes. can't even comprehend that. And so I won't mention other manufacturers, but sometimes there's a starting point of a car. But when you purchase the car, it's maybe $20,000 more or $30,000 or $40,000. So give me a little bit on the price point of these vehicles and how it might compare to what the public's actually going to get the car for, if that's accurate. Yeah. So basically the most important bit is that you'll get the 49-inch screen in the dashboard uh, yeah. with the base car, so you yes. don't have to pay extra for that. So yes. Of course we have a price ladder like everybody else. Uh, if you buy a Mercedes, a Volkswagen, a uh, Toyota today, there is a sure. scale. Like you, Absolutely. you can upgrade your engine, you can upgrade your battery, you can upgrade your wheel size, you can upgrade your uh, full leather uh, interior and or extended leather package, sure. things like that. So, uh, the, let's say, what's important is that you get a car that you would want for 45000 already. Yes. So, um, of course, we we would like to sell uh, you a more expensive car, uh, yes. like everybody else, but yes. you don't actually need it to enjoy it uh, to the fullest, because you get the screen, you get the uh, unique user interface, you get facial recognition uh, on uh, at least two seats, uh, so yes. you bring your own personal data with your face, you don't even need to bring your phone anymore. Mm -hmm. So a lot of innovation uh, already, you know, accessible to uh, wide range of people this is uh, why we chose this price point and um, then of course you can make it look a little bit uh, prettier and yes. do some cosmetics and maybe upgrade uh, your data speed and stuff like that um, to, uh, to, to make the product even more attractive or powerful. Now the T word comes to mind for a lot of people Tesla now uh, do you guys mind that comparison do you dislike it is it not relevant to you oh it's definitely relevant I mean uh, we uh, have huge respect for, for what Tesla did to uh, create a market, uh, yes. especially here in the U.S. Uh, but now the market has reached a size that allows uh, for more than one player. And uh, we're ready uh, to be there. We're ready to enter a different price segment as well with uh, convincing product substance and great quality and uh, great engineering. Yeah. And to give the customer a choice, right? And uh, I Competition think is good. Competition is always good yes. for all of us. Yes. And, uh, uh, we can see that the established uh, manufacturers are also uh, uh, impressed by uh, the performance of the electric vehicle market in the past few years, right? Yes. So everybody's working on their own platforms and uh, electric vehicle products, right? So now is the time for us to really uh, speed up and, and uh, keep our timeline, of course, to make it to production end of next year to be ahead of the established ones and one of the fast followers of the early brands and products out there. Yes, the, um, the name Byton, 
Yeah. Is it a compilation? Is it a well, man's name, or is it explain the name? Well, it's a little bit derived from uh, bytes on wheels. Okay. So we don't consider this just a car; it's a smart device on wheels, right? Okay. So we wanted to have a very techy sounding name as well. Yes. We wanted to have it a, a very masculine name as well because that's important for uh, the car industry. So yes. masculine names are more attractive. Uh, so the O-N ending was uh, already very strong in the beginning. That it was clear it had to be something like an O-N sound. And then the bites on wheels, bite just, you know, popped up one day in uh, yes. one of our colleagues' minds. And uh, we all liked it immediately because it yes. really clearly says what we stand for. And then the additional tagline, time to be, underlines yes. our positioning. So it's not about performance. It's not about you know, the zero to 60 acceleration, all of these things, but it's about the time you spend in the car and how we can give you some of that time back by yes. providing you with services you actually appreciate so that all this time you're stuck in traffic in LA or other places. That <laughs> Almost are, anywhere these days. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that you don't consider this as downtime anymore, but that you actually, you know, you can be productive if you need to, you can just relax or you can be entertained. And we need to come up with the right setup in the car. We have to rethink the car from the ground up. Yes. With, you know, the new setup, screens and uh, user interface and uh, interaction. Uh, yes. Ways of interacting with the vehicle by voice, touch, and gesture control. Now, the outside of the car is one thing. It's beautiful. It has a lot of, not copying, but it has influences by other vehicles that I've seen. It looks very sharp. But the inside, the, the entire dash with the screen, can you explain in some detail? What that's called and how that how it possibly goes from one side of the car yeah. to the other. I'm a layperson, but tell me in more um, with more expertise than that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a 49-inch screen. We call it the shared experience display because yes. it can be shared among all passengers in the car. We have rotating seats. They rotate inwards by about 10 degrees, so yes. that you can create a more communicative atmosphere between the front row passengers and then open up the view for the rear seat passengers onto that giant shared experience display. Yes. And we're the first ones to bring such a large display in one piece, yes. uh, uh, integrating it into the dashboard and bringing yes. this into production. And uh, uh, a lot of people are uh, working on you know, bigger screen sizes or adding multiple screens, but yes. no one has ever built this uh, large screen. So we actually had to do a lot to uh, be able to, to, uh, I can to only imagine. fit it in. <laughs> yes. We had to lower the dashboard significantly. That meant we, sh we needed to package all of the um, HVAC components yes. in front of the firewall to create the space for your legs and then yes. able to lower the dashboard so we can fit in that, uh, uh, that 49-inch screen without obstructing your view, uh, right? Okay. Because in the end, it's still a car that needs to be safe. Um, yes. We will have level three autonomy, but um, it's not complete level four autonomy at all times. So you still need to be able to uh, control the car yourself in certain situations. Yes. Because uh, all the systems need to be safe. And uh, yeah, it, it takes a lot to bring a concept like this into production. So we're actually very proud to stand here. You know, after we presented the, the M-Byte for the first time at CES Las Vegas in yes, January, yes. we stand here again almost a year later and we still confirm the same messages. And uh, uh, that, that makes us very proud to see uh, that this car is actually 85, 80 to 85% representative of the actual production car. And uh, yeah, it's still a year to go, but um, well on track. Can you tell me the timelines again? I heard your colleagues say uh, China in uh, 2020, yes. uh, mid-2020, mid was it? No, so, so our start of production in China is end of next year, December okay. 2019. Uh, okay. So um, 
we will go to China first because yes. uh, China is the largest and fastest growing electric vehicle market in the world. Yes. And uh, we're aiming to sell around half of our volume in China and half of the volume outside of China, which means the US and Europe. Um, so we're launching in China first, and then uh, six months later, so by mid-2020, we'll bring this car to the U.S. Yes. And then another few months later, we'll bring it to the first European countries as well. You mentioned some of the statistics, and it doesn't mean everything to a car, but there are some performance things that people look at. So yes. have those been predicted yet in terms of yeah. acceleration and yeah, so, range and yeah, so forth? So, so our dual motor uh, accelerates to 60 in uh, five and a half seconds. Yes. And, uh, that's... Yeah, I mean, it used to be hypercar performance a few right, years right. ago, right? So it should <laughs> yeah. be just enough. Everybody has learned that yeah. electric cars are fun to drive, so uh, yes. you, we don't need to prove that anymore. No. Um, so five and a half seconds, that's it's good. good enough. Uh, yeah. We focus more on uh, usability, which means range. Right? Yes. So the large battery has a range of 325 miles yes. in single charge, and the uh, smaller battery has 250 miles. Right? Okay. And you can charge it with a DC fast charging uh, capability around 35 minutes to 80%. So while you, you know, you're able to watch your favorite uh, a TV episode, or an episode of your favorite TV show or yeah. something like that, so it makes it very convenient to uh, you know, make a quick stop on your way from San Francisco to LA and uh, uh, makes it relevant for people as the first car in every household. Right? That was important to us. That yes. we don't, uh, develop something that is only uh, relevant for people who already have two or three cars, um, it should be uh, working as, you know, the only kind of household as well. Yes. The, um, I recently drove a whole other kind of car that was an alternative vehicle car, the Honda Clarity hy hydrogen car. And so I was, like other people, I was a little bit intimidated. But once I got the hang of it and I knew where the hydrogen stations were located in Southern California and Northern California, I, I thought the world of the car. I loved it. Now, this vehicle will be able to go on the existing charging systems yes. that are in the United States? Yes. Go, is it EVgo or, and others? So it doesn't have a proprietary. It's, no, no. It's, okay. So there is an industry standard now yes. uh, um, that everybody's following but one company that's yeah. building their own network. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> but if uh, uh, I understand it correctly, they're also thinking about making it more uh, uh, adaptable to the, to the industry standard, right? Yes. So um, we're already leveraging the existing network, but uh, of course, we're heavily relying on uh, the extension of the network. So we're uh, also talking to a lot of uh, charging providers and, and partners to see whether their plans are matching our plans as well in, in terms of uh, go-to-market strategy, expansion, yes. etc. So we want to make sure we sell the areas first that already have a decent infrastructure in place mm -hmm. uh, so that we don't go into that chicken egg problem, right? What comes first, the charging station or the electric car that needs it? Yes, yes. Um, I noticed business cards from Santa Clara. Yes. Uh, that's what's happening in Santa Clara for this company. Everybody. That's our R&D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's just Santa Clara because you and many of your colleagues have German yes. accents, I believe. Yeah. So is the uh, owner and the CEO and, and the employees German uh, primarily, And you, but you are based in, in no, Santa so, Clara. So we, are, we have been a global company from the ground up. Yes. The company was founded in Hong Kong. Yes. Uh, the uh, corporate headquarters is in Nanjing in China, where yes. our uh, manufacturing facility is being built yes. uh, as we speak. 
we have our design operation or the design office, the main design office in Munich in, in Germany. Yes. And uh, in Santa Clara for our serial development and uh, engineering and autonomous driving and connectivity. Okay. And then we have two satellite offices, one in Shanghai for a little bit of a design competition between Munich and, uh, and China. Great. And... Um, Uh, LA, which we call the LA Future Labs for future concepts that they can work on, you know, new ideas. I mean, this car for us is not, I wouldn't say old, but it's it's already, it's been there for a while. Right? Yes, so yes. We, have, we already have to think about what's next, and uh, that's happening here in LA uh, without getting too distracted from the day-to-day uh, -day business of bringing the end by into production. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time. You have a fountain of knowledge. I'm sure when the show starts for the public, you guys are just going to be... I mean, you're swamped now, but I can't imagine yeah. in a few days it's going to be... Yeah, we're uh, going to be driving around this tent uh, from Friday onwards. Yes. So, uh, people can come here uh, to... I forget what this is called, but you can't miss our, no, our no. logo. Uh, it's, a, yes. it's a tent right in front of the uh, convention center. The public can be passengers? Yes. Or, uh, but yeah. not drive? Or not, can they do no, no. not drive? So we, but you need a train driver because it's a prototype and sure, we, sure. we can't let uh, anybody else It'll drive. be a fast, fantastic experience for anybody who wants to see. Yeah. Sometimes you see concept cars and you have an idea. That car will never go to the public. Yeah. This car, it, it, you can tell it's the real, it's I mean, a real we deal. Didn't, we didn't have time to develop two cars, right? We no. had to make sure that our concept car is as close as possible to production because we only right. have this one shot, right? right. Uh, we're bringing something from a white piece of paper into production in uh, just over three years. So uh, that's, uh, you know, super increase in speed uh, yes. in terms of development from scratch. Right? Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're also happy that a year after the first presentation, we can still stand here and say, Yes, uh, uh, most of these features will make it to production. It's, yes. It's very representative of what we're actually working on. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. and uh, yeah, Stay tuned is a good way, yes. forward to seeing you again at yes. uh, any future tech or auto show. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for being a guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Appreciate it. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com. Your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.